I felt kind of like a ghost in a fat suit, (laughs) to be honest with you. I didn't recognize myself in a mirror. When we don't have an explanation, what we do is we put God in the hole. (laughs) So I don't know how the stars work. Well, that means God makes the stars work. If I don't know the way that my brain works, well, that's because God. Now I'm a person who doesn't need to step on the scale every day. I'm a person who can eat as much as I would like, and and I don't have to worry about, is it all the way going to come back? Welcome to Physically Spiritual. I've been amazed by how much growing physically healthier has changed my spiritual life. I am captivated with discovering the truth about my body and how it relates to my relationship with God. Physically Spiritual is my attempt to harmonize and share what I've discovered. I'm your host, Andrew Reinhardt. If you would have seen me a few years ago, you might not even recognize me. I was 170 pounds heavier, and not only that, um, I felt like a different person. I want to take you back to New Year's Day 2016. I was at my parents' house, which was important because most scales wouldn't give me a number anymore. Uh, When you get that large, uh, you're over the maximum weight of most scales you'll run into. So the scale that I had at home hadn't given me a number for years. New Year's Day, stepped on the scale and it read 372 pounds. I was shocked. I knew I was over 300 pounds and I had gained 40 pounds since the last time I'd gotten on a scale. I felt like I had to scrape my jaw off the floor. Um, In that moment, I realized that my life might already be halfway over and I wasn't even 30 years old yet. Um, that moment though, was a turning point in my life. I did lose a lot of weight. Hopefully you can tell. (laughs) Um, but a lot of other things have changed since then too. Almost everything about my day-to-day life has changed. Um, I'm still married to the same lovely, beautiful woman. I still have the same job. I still live in the same house, but the way I live my life has changed on this podcast. I want to share a lot about how I lost 170 pounds, how I've changed my relationship with stress, how I fall asleep at night now, uh, when before I had a lot of insomnia. Um, But what surprised me the most in all this change that I've made is how, as I've grown physically healthier, my spiritual life has changed, that the things that have led to health have also improved my relationship with God. And this is the core of what I want to talk about. So when I started this journey, I didn't realize it at the time. And and I had learned in in class studying philosophy and theology that this wasn't the case, but I really identified as my mind. I identified as my consciousness, as my soul, but I didn't want to be my body. Uh, I felt kind of like, uh, kind of like a ghost in a fat suit, (laughs) to be honest with you. I didn't recognize myself in a mirror. Uh, I felt distant from the world outside of me. So I had learned in class, I had learned from my faith, I had learned the ideas that I'm going to share with you today, but it was only when I started to make changes and realize how I felt and really was honest with myself did I, did I understand that I wasn't living the truth that I thought. It's common today for people to understand themselves as a body and a soul. Right? Some people deny the spiritual world, but many people believe that 
there is such a thing as the spirit, that there's something more than the physical world. But many people who do believe in a spiritual world think that it's separate from the spiritual world. Many people who believe that there's a spiritual world thinks that it's very separate from the physical world. So me as a person, I'm a body and I am a soul. And I want to introduce you to an idea today called substance dualism. It's the idea that your body is one substance and your soul is another substance. They're two different things that are connected somehow whether you think it's connected through your brain. Uh, Rene Descartes, a famous philosopher, believed they were connected through the pineal gland. I might have pronounced that wrong. <laughs> um, but the idea was that, that the body and soul are two separate substances, two separate things, two separate objects that exist, and they're connected through a specific part, either of the body or through a specific function, like the mind. But in this, you might think that either I'm my body and I'm not my soul, or I'm my soul, but I'm not my body. I'm just my stream of consciousness, maybe. Uh, Descartes used the image of a captain in a ship. He said, your body is like a ship and your soul is the captain of that ship, giving it direction, setting its course, making all the moves. There's a, a modern... Um, a modern classic anime film that was made into a live action movie called Ghost in a Shell. And this kind of gets the idea across too, that our body is really just a shell. But what we are is the ghost that's in that thing, the ghost that's in that, that uh, body. What I realized by making the changes in my life was that everything I did to my body affected my soul and everything that happened with my soul affected my body. In fact, I'm a, I'm a human person who is a body and soul. I am me and I am one thing. I am a person who is a body and a soul that are completely and intimately joined to each other. But in my, my quest for health, I was living what I would call a lifestyle dualism. So you have substance dualism, the separation of your soul from your body. Lifestyle dualism is when you think that you have things you do for yourself spiritually, like I go to church and I pray and I meditate and I read the scriptures. And then I have stuff that I do for my physical health. Like I exercise and I run and I eat a certain diet and try to sleep and maybe work on my relationship with stress. But I see these things as separate and maybe just connected in really particular ways. Maybe just connected when I'm dealing with a certain sin or a certain fault. Here's what I want to get across. That everything we do affects our whole person. Everything, everything that you do physically also is something you're doing spiritually. It's something you're doing as a person who is a body and soul. Everything you do spiritually is also affecting you physically. Um, your whole body and soul are involved in it. This means in your prayer, maybe in a mystical experience, if we hooked you up to a heart rate monitor or put you in an fMRI machine or something like that, what we would see is we would see your body reacting to what's happening in your prayer. And on the other hand, if, we, if there was a way to see the soul, there's not, it's spiritual. So by definition, it's not something you can see. Everything that we're doing with our body is also affecting our soul. How all this works, we'll get into a little more detail in later episodes. It's, it's, it is a bit more complicated than that. But for now, just understand that everything you do matters. Everything you do matters. Here's what the Catechism of the Catholic Church says. Spirit and matter and man 
are not two natures united, but rather their union forms a single nature. Your body and your soul, your spirit and your matter are not two separate items. They're not two separate natures. They're one, right? So this, this idea is thoroughly Catholic and recognized by the church. So everything you do, you're doing as a body and you're doing as a soul. There's a fallacy we want to avoid when we talk about uh, body and soul, when we talk about faith and reason, when we talk about religion and science, and that's a fallacy called the God of the gaps. And what the God of the gaps is, is when we don't have an explanation, what we do is we put God in the hole. (laughs) So I don't know how the stars work. Well, that means God makes the stars work. If I don't know the way that my brain works, well, that's because God. So whenever I don't have a, a scientific explanation for something, a medical explanation for something, what I do is I put God in that gap. We also need to avoid the soul of the gaps. The soul of the gaps would say, if there's something in my human experience that I can't explain right now, if there's something in uh, maybe my prayer life, something in that I've experienced, uh, maybe a a miracle or something like that. What I do is I say, well, my body wasn't involved in that. It's my soul. That's my soul. That feeling is my soul. That thought is my soul. That phenomenon that I'm experiencing is my soul working. But let's go back a step. Remember, I'm body and soul, intimately connected, completely one substance. This means everything I do happens in my body and in my soul. So if we take uh, a God of the gaps or a soul of the gaps approach to our experience, what we're doing is we're, we're exposing our faith to the possibility of ridicule. Uh, there's articles out there. Maybe you've already seen them. They proclaim God doesn't exist or the soul doesn't exist because there's this human experience that people have been explaining with religion. And we found something in the brain that explains that, right? There's something in the human genetic code that predisposes them to believe in God, or there's a part of the brain that that's always activated when somebody is praying. And so these scientists will, will claim that by seeing this physical phenomenon, we're demonstrating that nothing spiritual is really happening, right? As believers, we're just mistaken. Uh, if we really understood everything that there is to know about the world, we would demonstrate that there is no God because there are no gaps. This understanding of body and soul integration, that their one substance was traditionally called hylomorphism, highly from the Greek word for matter or wood, um, a a building material, and morphe for form. Form was uh, the animating principle of something, the the ordering of it, what, what made it what it was. So the idea was that we as a person are matter and form connected as one object. And this does not leave room for the God of the gaps or the soul of the gaps, because everything we do as a human person is going to be physical and spiritual. Every truly human action is our body and our soul doing this, whatever it is. We might have uh, an experience that starts spiritually, right? Maybe a pure spirit like God or an angel or a demon might interact with you. But if you have an awareness of that experience, it's because that's affected your body too. And on the other hand, there might be parts of your life that you don't want to think that this is true about because you struggle with them. 
right? Maybe, um, maybe you struggle with your diet. Maybe you struggle with your sleep. Maybe you struggle with your body image. Maybe you struggle with self-harm or something like that. Uh, and you want to distance yourself from it. You want to say, I'm not doing this to me. I'm just doing this to my body, but you are your body. You're, you're doing it to you. So part of this journey of growth, part of this, um, this transformation, uh, which I'm on in my life is also about learning to love myself, right? If, if I'm my body and I'm my soul, when I'm making choices about my lifestyle, I'm choosing to either care for me, to, uh, care for who I'm becoming, or I'm choosing to, to like mortgage my future for an experience in the present moment. I'm either doing something that's going to make me more and more the person I believe God has made me to be, uh, doing something that's making me more able to do his will in my life, making me more able to experience joy, to experience my emotions, um, to love, or I'm doing something that's going to make me less capable of loving in the future, less connected to my whole person, um, less able to do God's will. Everything we do matters. Now, with that in mind, we don't want to enter into a kind of rigorism, uh, that we become so rigorous and so focused on all of this that I'm just constantly um, striving and never resting, that I'm just scrupulous about every little detail of my life to the point where I'm obsessive about it, right? Because at that point, we're using ourselves as a means to an end, right? I'm just uh, trying to make my best life here. And it doesn't matter what it costs me emotionally, what it costs me physically, what it costs me spiritually. Um, so as we're approaching ourselves, we need to approach ourselves with love. We need to approach ourselves with understanding. We need to approach ourselves with patience because change happens slowly. But the beautiful thing is change is possible. I'm really excited to share with you um, everything I've learned and experienced in my journey and everything I'm still learning. I've experienced that by changing, sometimes even just minor things in my daily life have had significant consequences of um, my weight of my stress, of uh, how I am able to pray, of um, my ability to, uh, to be the person that I really want to be. Um, and, and I'm excited because I think that there might be some real low-hanging fruit in your life. I know for a while I was sort of maxing out on my spiritual stuff. Right? I was spending all the time I could in the chapel or going to mass as often as I could, going to confession as often as I could. Um, and I still wasn't changing very much. And I didn't have more time to give. Right, I, I couldn't work less or give less time to my marriage or uh, neglect the chores that I had to do at home or something like that. And I felt stuck because I felt like I was doing everything I could. And yet I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. And I, and I was tempted to blame God. I was like, look, Lord, I'm, I'm doing everything I can. I'm praying. I'm, I'm going to the sacraments. Uh, I'm trying to seek you with my whole life. Um, but I'm still struggling with all this stuff. Like, where are you in this? And the thing I've come to realize is the Lord didn't abandon me. He didn't leave me um, to my own energy, to my own strength. Um, while he didn't work like an extraordinary miracle where he did like a supernatural liposuction or, or like, um, reformat my brain to not 
uh, have all the trauma that I've experienced or change the, uh, my nervous system or something around so that I could feel different in my body. What he did was he came alongside my will. He, he inspired me to, uh, change my life. He, uh, guided my studies. He guided the people that came into my life that have given me so many answers and given me so many, so many new ideas. He came alongside of my will in a way that I might not have even noticed and gave me the strength in the moment to change and to make those changes into good habits and to make those good habits into virtues. So just because the Lord isn't answering your prayers the way you expect him to, doesn't mean that he's abandoned you. So there could be a lot of low-hanging fruit in your life, a lot of changes that you could make that could make a huge difference in the way that you, uh, you experience your struggles, the way you experience your vices, your sins, things that you thought you'd never get out of, maybe things that you've even taken on as an identity, not just uh, that I am overweight, but that I'm a fat person, or not that I, um, I have this struggle, but I am my struggle, I'm a bad person. Maybe you've taken it on as identity, but the Lord is the Lord uh, of freedom. The Lord's the Lord of peace. The Lord's a loving father who does not abandon us. So we can be confident in the moments that God doesn't feel like he's there, that he is. In the moments when we feel like we're left on our own, we're not. And that if the Lord isn't answering our prayers the way that we expect him to, it's because he has something better for us. He's going to expect answer them in a way that we don't expect and in a way that brings a glory in our life that we didn't even anticipate. See, when the Lord comes alongside of our will and doesn't intervene in our life in a supernatural way to just take our problems away, the blessing we get on the other side isn't just that our life is different, but that we're different. I didn't just lose weight. God transformed me. So that now I'm a person who doesn't need to step on the scale every day. I'm a person who can eat as much as I would like. Um, and, and I don't have to worry about, is it all the way going to come back? Right? Because the Lord's transformed me. Like he's changed my relationship with food, um, my habits, what I'm even attracted to eat has changed. So for me to now stay 170 pounds lighter doesn't take effort. It doesn't take energy. It's a joy. I enjoy it. it and um, it's a miracle too. I, I never thought that the Lord would, would work that out. Along the process, what that took was changing the way I exercise, changing the way that I ate, changing the way that I slept, changing the way that I meditated, um, changing the way that I approached work. But in all this, the Lord didn't work out my weight um, like I said, by some kind of supernatural liposuction or just miraculously taking it away. But he, he changed how I was by changing who I am. He changed my life by changing my, my relationship to myself and the world around me, uh, building virtues in me and, uh, and really helping me more and more to live my identity as his beloved son. So with that, I'm excited that you've joined me on this journey. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for uh, maybe sitting through some of my rambling. <laughs> I hope you'll come back. Uh, I love God and I love myself. And I want you to love God and love yourself too. Uh, in this podcast, I'm going to talk a lot about faith and reason, religion and science. But I'm going to talk about these topics as they apply to us.
how they can make a difference in our life. A lot of times when we talk about science and religion, we talk about it uh, in, a, in an apologetic tone, like we're fighting about it or something. Like we have to try to convince scientists that they should believe in God, or we're trying to convince people of belief that they ought to consider the insights of science. And we never get to the point of asking the question, well, if this is true, then what does this mean for me? Like, how should I live my life now? And that's what I want to do here. I want to ask the question, how can we discover the truth of God through faith and through reason? But then how can that change my life? Thanks for watching this episode of Physically Spiritual. If you're watching the show on YouTube, make sure to press the like button, subscribe to the Awakened Catholic YouTube channel, and turn on the bell notifications so that you can find out when new episodes are released. Also, it's super helpful if you could leave a review for the podcast on iTunes or your podcast player. At Awakened Catholic, we're dedicated to bringing people to truth through beauty. This show and all the shows here on Awakened Catholic are only possible because of people like you. You can become a part of what makes this all possible by making a tax-deductible donation for as little as the price of a cup of coffee a week. To join the Awakened Nation, visit awakencatholic.org forward slash join.